Welcome to the XY Advisor Podcast, a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice. To get involved, go to xyadvisor.com or simply download the XY Advisor app. This episode is proudly sponsored by Integrity, your partner for life. Integrity recently launched an exclusive research paper to help advisors understand how to attract and retain new clients. They believe their role in the industry is bigger than just providing products. They want to help create a sustainable industry, educate clients, and support advisors personally in their business. You can get a copy of the report and learn more about Integrity if you visit integritylife.com.au forward slash xy. Welcome back to the XY Advisor Podcast. I'm Fraser Jack, and today I am joined by two absolute legends in the XY community. Emily Blanche, welcome, and Danny Visser. G'day. Thanks, Fraser, for having us. Hey, Fraser. Great to be here. <laughs> Fantastic. Having now, a little crew chat today. Absolutely. We're all we're and we're actually recording this in the same room, uh, in the same location, uh, almost like we used to years ago. You know, before the all this all the change took place. So, uh, you know, really cool to be in, a, in, in the same room and chatting about the same thing. Now, we're talking today about the whole concept of best practice. We're covering all sorts of things around um, uh, client experience and, and communities. So, you know, let's let's get cracking, I guess. Uh, um, Danny, let's start with you because you're new to I'm the I'm the new kid on the block. Yeah, it's Welcome. very, very exciting. Um, yeah, I have joined XY from... Zurich. So I had five years at Zurich and my role there was really to spend time in advice firms and look at what they did in different parts of the business and then report on those and say, look, this is what drives success and this is what we see works well and these are the challenges. So it was all about helping our advice partners back then really understand and then embed best practice. And then before Zurich, I spent uh, the five years before that in Macquarie. So, yeah. 10 years and it's a little bit of a different um, different crew now. Yeah, for, yeah exactly. And uh, so, so a lot of work in corporate land, let's call, mm. call it corporate land, and uh, and looking at practices. I mean, you were, you were judging the awards, you know, Advisor of the Year and Practice of the Year awards. Yeah, I was, Fraser. And I think that's where your and my paths first crossed. Um Yeah, look, it was really, I had a great job because I had the privilege of being able to spend time in really great firms and see all their areas of their businesses. And and I got to observe what worked, you know, what they were doing really well to enrich, I guess, the lives of their clients and also what challenges they were having. And then I could sort of go to another business and figure out, you know, what they were doing really well, what they were struggling with, and then connect people who had a pain point and a solution. So yeah, it was a really rewarding job and I got to meet a whole range of great people in that particular role. Yeah, and how much of business is, is just around addressing pain point, pain point solution, pain point, something something to, to solve? Mm, well, I think, you know, in the businesses I spent time in, they were often high-performing firms and they really spent a very huge amount of their time diving really deeply into who was their audience and they would really profile that audience very, very deeply to understand 
what you know kept them up at night, what made them happy emotionally, logically, and then they would really build their entire offer around those particular insights. So for the businesses that were outperforming, what I observed is they'd spend a huge amount of their time really mapping that pain point process for their particular clients. So yeah. I think that's becoming more and more prevalent now. Everyone's sort of catching on to that. But look, that's been something the great firms have been doing, you know, for at least as long as I was in the tent at Zurich. Yeah, I think it's no surprise that uh, the human emotion side of it is definitely where uh, where you find, you know, the best relationships. And if you help solve an emotional problem, um, you know, you're going to form great relationships as well as uh, be valued in the in the relationship of, of what you're providing. Em, you spend a lot of time chatting to financial planners, advisors during the uh, during your course of the day, helping them solve problems? Absolutely. Human connection is just a massive, massive part of what I do. I spend probably too much time online and uh, chatting to advisors, but I would not switch it for the world. I have some of the most phenomenal conversations. I'm really ingrained in, similar to what you were saying there, Danny, of just really understanding what they are doing in their practices. And yeah, just over the course of the last, gosh, four years almost, I think I've been with XY. I've uh, yeah, I've really gotten to know on a personal level so many advisors and really understand what they struggle with, what they want to get better at, what they want to improve in and ultimately just build the content and resources and everything that you see within the XY ecosystem to help them solve those problems. So it's been a yeah, really, really interesting journey and I've seen – trends and things change over the years and it's been a real privilege to to be a part of that journey and to be able to support so many advisors fast track professional development get to where they want to go quicker and ultimately collectively drive the positive evolution of financial advice fantastic i love the way you got that in there four years four years goodness me you must be up for a long service leave shortly oh close Who, who knows we'll see yeah it's it's crazy to say that actually like it's really kind of flown by and it's uh yeah, it's, it's really evolved and changed. Like if you had have asked me, would I be doing now what I am with XY even when it started? Like, I mean, that's a whole story for another day of how I came to be with XY, but it's been a crazy journey, but it's been amazing to see the progression and just know that what XY has been delivering is continuing to provide value, which is something we've said from day one, or at least definitely since I've been a part of it all, is that XY will continue while ever it provides value. And the resounding feedback we are getting from advisors is yes, keep going we absolutely love it we're getting so much from it and so here we are yeah fantastic and when you t- when you're chatting to advisors is there any common themes across you know problem solving that you're doing for them yeah so the number one thing i'm finding especially as of late that advisors are wanting to solve is that efficiency piece which is obviously no surprise a lot of industry changes coming um and just a lot of you know with all of the fragmentation of the industry as well there's so much choice and advisors are kind of like, whoa, where do I even begin? How do I make sure I've got the best stack or the best processes? Um, and how can I really nail that in my business to be able to do more mm. of the client facing client experience stuff? Cause that is where the, the, you know, the absolute value is. So being able to crack the code on that to be able to get back to doing all that client experience stuff to really amplify things is is the number one thing people It's a really interesting word you use there and because you know value is something I, we hear so often and very hard for some people to say well what is you know articulate value and I think what you're doing in advice practices is exactly the same methodology 
as I saw the really outperforming advice leaders doing is that value is about understanding your audience and what are their problems and what do you need to help them actually solve. And so that works, that sort of logic works in any context. So yeah, as you were speaking, I just sort of picked up on that and that was really interesting that it works at the same level. Yeah, I I reckon value is not up to the person who's providing it, but up to how it's being received. So it's it's to the values of the client or the customer or the, Mm. it's their values that you're trying to get to, not your own values or the values of the business or what you Mm. perceive value of your financial advice to be, but the value they get out of it for them. And your robustness about figuring that out, like how, I mean, Emily, you spend so much time talking to advisors, figuring out what their problems actually are in their businesses so that you can provide that that sort of really built for purpose type content. Absolutely. It's, yeah, I get get blown away. I have so many conversations and like learning something new all the time and just even trust, like that's a huge part of it as well is just like building that trust with people, which is the the exact process advisors go through to build Mm. that trust with their clients to then be able to articulate and deliver that value. So I, yeah, I I listen. I do a lot of listening. I have a lot of conversations. I ask a lot of questions like, hey, what is it you want to see or what are you trying to accomplish? Um, And then I kind of take all of that stuff that I hear and then kind of distill that down and go, okay, well, what's going to provide the most amount of value because if that one person has that question or that problem, chances are 10, 15, 20, 100 other people have that exact problem, which is one of the reasons why XY exists is to be able to have that collaborative environment so that when one person is looking to solve something, that information is shared, resources are there, no one's reinventing the wheel and everyone benefits from it. Um, which has been really cool. So, I mean, I can go down to the granular level and some of the things that we've been doing on the platform is uh, if I think of especially some of the more recent stuff, we opened up a resources center. So we did have, and we, I mean, XY has been around for like close to seven years and there is hundreds of advisor shared IP. Like it still blows my mind at how willing advisors are to just freely go, hey, here's a calculator I built. Hey, here's this template I built. It works for me. Have a have a go at it. Change it for how you need it. This concept, you know, those in XY, this concept of holding their cards close to their chest or uh, saying, oh, no, I'm not going to share. It's it's polar opposite. It's, hey, sharing is caring. And if I can – because the thing is, and one thing I come back to a lot is that we all have something to teach and we all have something we can learn. Like there are things that you know, Dunny, that I definitely do not. And there's things that I know that you don't. So it's not about who's the best or who's got the right way to do things. It's how are you doing things? And, oh, hey, here's what I'm doing. This is what's working. This hasn't worked. Um, maybe it'll work for you. Give it a try. Because mm-hmm. like you were saying before, looking at the businesses and the best practices and trying to find those trends, advisors, um, you know, I, I look at advice businesses like fingerprints, like no two are the same. Like you could have two advisors who operate in the same niche, but still have incredibly different ways they deliver that advice coming down to understanding their clients. So collaboration, massive one. So having a dedicated resources center where an advisor can turn up to go and search for something they're looking for. And at the same time, share as well has been wildly valuable. They absolutely love being able to go in there and see how others are doing things and get inspiration from it. Um, so, yeah, the Resources Centre has been a massive one. I yeah. think the fact you you break it down into different um, different types of businesses and the different types of personas is really, really valuable as well because you sort of touched on it there. 
There are so many uniquenesses within each business and there are so many uniquenesses within their customers and the businesses I certainly spent a bit of time with found that, well, I found in those businesses, they really tried to delight someone rather than trying to work with everyone. And that's when I was uh, I was looking at what very keenly as to what XY Advisor were doing. One of the things that I loved was that it's it's very specific to the type of advisor or where you are in your journey. There's something for everyone within that particular platform. Doesn't matter what type of advice you're actually delivering or what services you're offering. You can connect to people that are doing the same sort of rather than just this big buffet of all of these options and you don't know where to actually find them. What I liked is it's very tailored based on the particular advice persona. And it's really condensing those conversations in a way where you can go and get a fast and responsive answer. So when you have a problem, right, you go, okay, what's the first step? You, You either talk to someone in your office, you jump on Google, you can go to XY and get a open, honest, unfiltered, responsive answer like that, like really quickly yep. from others who have gone through and done exactly that. So it's 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 reliable and you can go, great, awesome. I'm going to defuse this bomb right now. Problem solved. Move on to the next thing. It's uh, it's one of those participation things, right? Like any community works really well when people are participating. And I think this goes, you know, with any of the, you know, association work we've all done in the past with the, with the, with the, with the community, you come in with that scenario, like you said before, of giving. Um, and everyone's come in with that scenario of giving something. And then, you know, obviously taking something away, but not from that idea of taking something away first. Mm. Yeah, it's turning up with an attitude of like, what value can I add to this collective and what can I learn and benefit from it? And when that's in harmony, it just hums. It's amazing. I've seen advisors launch businesses and post about it on XY and say that, they never would have done it or they would never have done it as quickly as they did if it wasn't for the X, for the XY community. I've seen advisors merge businesses, get into the industry, um, you know, all sorts of stuff. And that's truly where the magic happens. And I say it so many times, but I have the privileged position of having that bird's eye view to be a part of it all, to see it, to witness it, and then be able to share that because it's, it's one thing for me to see it, but my mission or my goal is to then share that message so that everyone benefits from it and gets to witness the same magic and be a part of that magic as well. So it's, yeah. I think one of the advisors, um, quote unquote, said it was a honeypot. Like I really like that, you know, it's this amazing, um, yeah, tank of things that you just didn't know could help you so much until you you sort of lean in and have a look around. And It's the honeypot. It's the brain's trust. It's your phone a friend when you've got a tricky and sticky situation. It's your virtual business partner. Like that's just a couple that I've heard, but people really lean into it. And especially for solo advisors, right? How many advisors are out there on their own grinding? They're wearing all the different hats and they're dealing, something comes up and they go, oh my gosh. And I mean, we all deal with it, right? Like you get a problem and you go, oh, am I the only one struggling with this? Then to jump on and see that, oh my God, someone else has the same problem, that validation that you're not on the journey alone is massive. And I mean, just with obviously the, the pandemic last year and then Royal Commission and everything going on over the last few years, mental health has been a massive topic. And yeah, I've had conversations with advisors who have literally said, X, Y has kept me going. Like I've just been going in there for no other reason than to just 
see others discussing, see the energy in the, in the enthusiasm that happens in there. And it reminds me why I started. And in amongst all of that, it, it gives me that push to keep going. Yeah, fantastic. Now, the uh, just with the mental health side, we do have a podcast coming up very soon on that, uh, the survey that came out. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, but I want to go back to the inefficiency and efficiency conversation that you sort of touched on a little bit earlier when it comes to best practice. You mentioned that uh, that one of the you know problems that people are trying to solve is this efficiency conversation and the inefficiency process of finding the efficient process uh, when it comes to both technology and stuff. Which it, technology and staff tend to be the two big things we're looking for efficiencies in. Uh, Danny, obviously, you've done a lot of work with these high performing businesses. Was there, was there anything that they were doing in those spaces that were were sharing? Mm. Well, we recently did a piece of work um, where we benchmarked a whole heap of firms around about 100 and we were looking for that because in the past there's always those things that stand out and you sort of you cut the data and you say oh well this is um this is the connective threads between the the advice leaders that are doing some amazing things and you know it's been a really interesting environment there's been this sort of enduring cavalcade of change that a lot of advice practitioners have had to weather. And when we did the last benchmarking um, that we did, we sort of expected a survival state type result, I guess. And what was really interesting is that there were this sort of little collective of businesses and we referred to them at Zurich as outliers. And they, they sort of had these incredible results. And what was really intriguing about those results um, and when we sort of dug into what's actually caused these results. We looked for things like tech. We looked for things like marketing strategies. We looked for things like, you know, what are you doing to make your inner workings hum and super efficient? And we couldn't actually find any connective threads, which was a little bit of a uh-oh moment. Isn't it funny? Isn't it, isn't it funny when you get some data and you go, "Well, the demographics. Yeah. We've got the demographics. You can always get an average, let's, but yeah. Let's find uh, let's find the common the common link. And uh, did you actually end up finding a common link? Well, there there wasn't a common link in the infrastructure as such. Like the, all of these businesses that sort of had these off the chart results in terms of the things we looked at was new client numbers and profit percentages continued over a few years because we thought that was sort of like a good a good benchmark to check whether, you know, people were resonating with their end audience and, um, you know, were they were they operating in a profitable way. And for these particular businesses, they all looked very, very different. So we had a lot, you know, two, three people businesses and then we had your businesses sort of that had that enviable tenure and different services. So we couldn't kind of look at them and say, oh, these all look and feel the same and this is the thing that you must do in your technology or your HR to make your business hum. And in the past, you could really say that. Like when I was at Macquarie, there were Macquarie benchmarking surveys which were wonderful and they would really draw those out. These were what the outperformers were doing. But I think the world is so different now and what we found, we had to actually bring in some advisors to help us look at the data because we were at a loss and we actually found it was um, when we spoke to the practitioners, we spoke to their staff, we spoke to their customers, we actually found it was their principles of operation rather than their internal stuff that was driving their success and it's very interesting that the things that were driving these businesses to do really well were the fact that they knew who they wanted to work with. Like they could really tell you rather than just a demographic, they could tell you like how that person was thinking, how they were feeling. They could also tell you, you know, what are the problems that this typical person has? 
And then that business would take a lot of time to actually build a transformation journey. So they knew where that person wanted to be taken and they had built their entire engagement around taking that person to where they wanted to be. So it was these sort of three key elements of their engagement that actually that all of these businesses that had these, you know, raving fans that they were all doing. And that was a really big shift that the success was probably the North Star for everything wasn't, you know, the structure of their business, but it was their, do we genuinely believe if we build everything around a customer and their needs and we wrap everything around that and we keep breaking things to actually deliver to that, um, that's what was driving their success. So you're saying that uh, their product, if you like, was not necessarily advice or a service or all those you know things, granular things that we get involved in, but the transformation of a particular type of client from here to there or, or a journey from here to there, that transformation journey was their product. Yeah, absolutely. And they all did that in very different ways and that's why they looked and so different and and you couldn't say that you need to do this from an infrastructure perspective or this from a technology perspective. Um, They all achieve that in different ways. And interestingly in the environment, they, because they, um, they based everything around that transformation journey and that customer problems that actually kind of darted and, and changed their businesses well before they had to. Like I remember watching Craig in one of your sessions Emily he Mm -hmm. was talking about his business and and how he like solved things before he had to and so when I guess when he was regulation came in or when change was mandated he'd probably changed months and months earlier or years in fact earlier because it's what his customer wanted or it just made sense for their transformation journey or the problems that they had so that's a yeah. very long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. But I just, I just want to pick up on that. So Craig came in and did a, uh, a web event with, with them for the XY Plus members, which is the paid community group. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that uh, that session? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So just to um, give all the listeners just a bit of context if you're not familiar. So XY Plus is our optional paid membership. So it's for those that want to tap into perks and advantages over and above the general platform experience. And part of that, or one of the major perks with that is um, hosting a weekly interactive web event. So every Thursday, 12 p.m. at the Inner Circle, jump on and we bring in uh, coaches or people who work with advisors and more often than not actual advisors themselves, just like Craig, to come in for a really healthy dose of peer-to-peer learning. And those sessions are without a doubt the standout. Like advisors love hearing and seeing what other advisors are doing. Uh, So Craig's session was amazing. Shout out to you, Craig. You're doing phenomenal stuff with your business. He came on and literally walked us through the process he had built for his risk business, um, took us through his entire journey. He he basically took us through his transformation of getting to burn out a handful of years ago and then really taking a step back and reevaluating and say, if I'm going to do this, I need to make some changes. And he really put his clients or customers in the driver's seat of that. He sought feedback from them as well. And he had built this process that almost answered or did answer his customers' questions before they even had it to ask. So it was just this robust um, process that he had built and it was just phenomenal to see. And everything you said there uh, and your comment about being on the front foot, that's the trend I'm seeing with practices that are doing really well is that they are really proactive. They're not waiting 
to see what happens and then go, okay, cool. Now that change is coming. I have to do something. They're going, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm shaking it up now. I'm going to get on the front foot and be proactive about this. And just to take that a step further, certainly what I witnessed when I spent time in advice offices was that it wasn't that it was just a decision. Oh, let's do a renovation on the business. It was that well, the compass for every decision that we make is actually our customer. And if they're changing in a big way, we just have to. Like when those when businesses um, really believe in that philosophy and they do, and you can tell the businesses that believe in that philosophy because they're running um, like you do with advisors and they're running focus groups with their clients. They're really understanding, you know, how do we help your world? What problems do you have? How do we solve them? And they're doing that regularly so that they're not assuming. Um, and when they find those those big insights or something really changes in their particular audience's world, they just change. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, the systems are held together with a bit of, um, you know, super glue and they because they do continue to change the model and flex the model and just believe that the, the most important thing that we need to invest our time into and really put our hustle behind is is delighting a particular audience. But how good is it also when you have that collaboration process with your client and then they say, uh, this is the thing we want, how quickly you go, yes, that's what they, that's what we want. You might have been thinking about that for a long time and as soon as mm. the, the clients come up with the idea and um, or the, you know, yes, we want this, it's like, right, let's make that happen straight away. It's mm. not a, uh, it, it no longer becomes a, a wonder if I should do this thing, it becomes mm. a... And you really get buy-in from them too because they're a part of your business and your process. Like they've... You know, when you're having those focus groups, like, again, a couple of the businesses that I know who are doing really amazing things, they know their client inside and out. They know who they are. And it's generally a similar sort of cohort. So they're almost building communities themselves with their clients. Mm -hmm. So they're doing like, uh, you know, You've got your lunch and learn sessions, but they're having small events and they're, or they've got Facebook groups. Like Adele's groups. saving squad. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. They've got Facebook groups. They're doing little in-person sessions and they're bringing their, their clients together for an education piece. But they're, they're, yeah, they really are bringing their own little communities together and asking questions. Is this valuable? What do you guys think? What's missing? And then when you get that feedback and the input, the clients feel valued, they feel heard, and they feel a part of that. And the, there's so much more buy-in, mm. and the 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 value is uh, so much more prevalent to them that it just makes that journey like there is no need to have to to sell or to to convert yeah. or to get someone over the line. They are the ones that are lining up saying, "I want to work with you." Mm. Yeah, this is a really interesting point. I've seen this trend happen over time is where, you know, the planners would always keep all of their clients separate. And, and obviously there was a privacy thing there and maybe a compliance issue. But the, the idea of bringing them into these small communities or groups or introducing, especially if you've got a, um, a specific, you know, target client in mind that you always look after and they will have things in common. So to, to be able to create those communities within your client base. And it can actually enhance, it can on-sell like businesses. It, it works in advice and outside of advice. Like if you look at Harley Davidson as a business, they were really struggling. They were struggling because they, they were a business that got through like the Great Depression. They, they'd sort of survived a long time, but then suddenly cheaper bikes started coming better, kind of, you know, tech bikes, cheaper bikes started coming in from um, Japan particularly and, and they were they were about to go bankrupt and you know Harley Owners Group is a really interesting example of one of those ecosystems where those you know the business stopped and said we really need to understand who's going to love our stuff and why they're going to love it and what do we need to build 
It might not be to do with bikes. It might not be to be do to with advice. It, what do we need to build to get them to really want to be part of our world? How do we, how do actually, it's like, how do we become part of their world rather than lure them into ours? How do we become part of theirs? And, you know, the highly owners group is a really interesting case study as a business because they realized that their audience actually wanted a bike as a hobby. They wanted to be involved in the development of a bike. And as soon as they built that avenue, the price didn't matter. The quality of the kind of tech didn't matter. And they had this rich source of insights of how to actually improve their product over time. And, you know, we can all, everyone, everyone in the world knows the Harley's owners group and how much that has, that has like become a successful ecosystem. And the word that comes to mind with that and everything we're talking about here is that sense of belonging. Like you are a part of something. Like I could spend all day connecting people in XY. Like I've had people call me and say, Em, um, I am an employed advisor. I'm thinking about going out on my own. I had no idea where to start. I'm calling you because I just, I, I'm I'm 100% sure you've got to be the most connected person in financial advice at the moment. So I'm looking for X or I'm looking for this person. And then I go, cool, yep, sweet. I can already think of five people. And the real value comes in in making those connections because clients' lives are changing. There's so much complexities. And it, like there was a post on XY yesterday from an advisor saying, hey, I'm keen to expand or be able to offer um, not necessarily offer the services, but be able to help my client in other areas of their life rather than just their money. Like, um, you know, if they're looking to get fit or do things like that to be able to point them in those right directions. And so that's something that I do in XY all the time. And I see the value of it. Like the advisor I mentioned earlier who launched his business, I introduced him to a handful of advisors who I knew had just launched their own businesses. And when this advisor posted in the platform to say, hey, I want to give a massive shout out. He listed all of the advisors that I had introduced him to. He goes, there was like eight or nine people. And he said, like listed all of them. It was amazing, you know, and massive shout out to XY. So he really contributed that value to XY. And all we did was just do a few email introductions, say, hey, you should go talk to this person. Yep. Hey, you should go talk to this person. So when your clients You're introducing are, him to his tribe of people that can And help people him, who yeah. are like him. So your mm-hmm. clients right there especially if you've zoned in on who they are and you've got that cohort, they probably have similar issues. They're probably working through similar things. When you meet somebody that you go, oh my God, you've got the same problems or we're, we're at a similar journey. Oh, great. You get, we can, you get me. And then that bond is so tight and the value is still attributed to the advisor because they facilitated that introduction. Mm-hmm. So this concept of being able to have these little community groups within your clients, very powerful. That's fascinating you, you say that. And because I certainly see that working well in businesses who do have a really clear tribe, the referrals of those particular businesses are much higher mm-hmm. because people like, you know, we have so many options, right? Everyone has so many options. You can deal with anyone at a click. There's infinite shelf space in the world now. So we can really find the people who we, you know, hyper connect with. Yes. And why would we want to deal with anyone else? So, yeah, I it is really, um, it's really, really potent and you can see those businesses that have a, a look and a feel and, and Ben is certainly one of those, um, you know, advice businesses that have done incredibly well by understanding who he can serve the best mm-hmm. and then just tripling down on that. Yep. And, uh, and, and, and talk to us a bit more about the sense of belonging. Was, did you see any things in practice that were, were helping to form that sense of belonging for their clients? I think, yeah, 
in sense of practice, I think once people understand who is their person and why their advice means something to that person, it, it then starts to come through in everything. Their vibe is you know, very visual, but it's also visceral. It's in the way they talk. If, if it's truly believed, it, it becomes every part of their journey and you can just, you can see it and you can feel like Ben Nash is a clear example of that. Jessica and, and Glenna from Fox and Hare are a clear example of that. They have a distinct person who they know that they can help um, and everything that they do, they say their socials, their, you know, their online presence, where they actually end up talking actually connects back to that audience because you can't be all things to all people in any sense and you're you know it's almost just becoming really potent with where your efforts and energy is going to be best spent so that you're attracting the people that are going to value what you do remember speaking to phil thompson actually and he became very niche in his particular offer and he mentioned something that's really resonated with me it really increased his confidence as an advisor because he said, I just knew that I could really help that person. And when he was doing a much broader range of things for a much broader range of people, it was like, just wouldn't have that inner confidence in, I know our team's going to deliver a wonderful end result and it's going to be a really great customer experience. But when he really honed in on what he did, how he did it and who he did it for, that process he could invest in becoming very concise and very streamlining and he could sit in front of a client but also a referral source and say, yeah, we're the best at this. We do this really well and you should come and see us. And there's just that inner kind of confidence that came out. Yeah, shout out to Phil Thompson. Mm. Um, so this, this, this takes us to the specialization conversation, right? And, this, and, and we just mentioned the two real types of specialization, the specialization around a particular strategy or, or product set or the specialization around a specific client or in client so you know there's a, there's always that conversation around specialized specialization and and everybody sort of went straight towards the product side not really thinking about the specialization around a client mm, that's a really good point so em you're you're helping these uh, advisors and i guess from a from an xy point of view and from a your four years of knowledge point of view uh you we would come across a lot of uh, you know, things that uh, or issues or problems that our advisors are trying to solve. Uh, how do we then as a, you know, a community and a, 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 a host of collaboration essentially solve those industries for, um, you know, for the greater good and, or for the, even all the, even all the way to the, the product providers or the, uh, the industry or the, um, or the regulations themselves. How do we push that up the, up the, up the stream if you like? Yeah. So collaboration just is that word that comes to mind and, taking it at that, that bottom-up approach. Like I can speak from like XY experience, that, that community and the way advisors in XY have gone about solving their own problems. So a great example is the ethics committee, which I believe Nathan Fradley um, has or is coming on the podcast. And th- so this is a great example. I, a couple of advisors reached out to me and said, hey, we've realized that there is no one dedicated place we can go to for support when facing ethical dilemmas. So standard 12, everything coming in with there, uh, there's a lot of gray area. And these advisors reached out and said, can we use XY as that place to create a peer support space to help other practitioners? And I said, absolutely, like 100%. So three advisors and myself got together and – put out a, a call for applications 
inundated with applications, which was amazing and landed on a really great diverse uh, number of committee members, so eight in total. And that is 100% volunteer run ethics committee. So you can now go on to XY when faced with an ethical dilemma. And we see these appear on the, on the, on the platform in posts and questions every now and again and submit that and have a peer-reviewed ethical determination on how you could tackle that and solve that problem. And it just gives peace of mind and support and just confidence in the decisions you're making. So ground up, grassroots approach to how can we help each other solve an issue that exists in the industry that isn't going to come from the top down. Yeah, shout out to Nathan because obviously uh, if you haven't heard that episode, it was a couple of episodes ago uh, talking about that ethics committee. Amazing, uh, amazing, you know, uh, development of that from Asia Tech Grassroots. You also work with a lot of, um, you know, uh, groups, a lot of licensees will uh, run uh, groups on on the platform as well. Yeah, so we've had, we've got a handful of licensees using XY as a place to uh, drive collaboration support for their advisors. So it just comes back to this concept of giving your people, your tribe, the ability to connect, to share and help each other so that we're not reinventing the wheel because, you know, advice practices are like fingerprints. Everyone's different. They do their own thing. Um, But there's a lot of similarities or there's a lot of different things that people are trying to build and create. And just the concept of idea sharing in itself is so powerful. So there is a couple of boutique dealer groups, so shout out Cobalt Advisors, they have all 23 of their advisors in there sharing resources, sharing contacts, um, asking questions, doing Loom videos for each other, sharing their, their templates and things. And it's just been amazing to see that level of collaboration allow them to do their job better, deliver better advice and ultimately help everybody improve. So that's been a really, really cool thing to see and be a part of. Having everything in one place is such an efficient thing, right? Because that's one of the the struggles of is things are everywhere. There's probably great things everywhere, but having something in one spot where you just know you can go, I just think that's a huge value and in, yeah, I, I think, you know, it helps people do things quicker. So if you can do them, you know, the stuff you have to do quicker, then you can spend the, the time that you've got extra delighting your customers and spending it on doing that human stuff. And what is the thing that everyone's trying to get, grab a hold of? Extra time. So concentrating that, it's a one-stop shop. You can go and get fast responsive answers or things that you need to help in whatever it is that you are trying to solve. And it's, um, yeah, that that's a massive draw cut. So I was chatting to the Cobalt guys actually and I was checking in and how's it all going? They now send zero group emails, none. Everything's housed in their group. They can access files and it's just – Sounds like a dream. (laughs) It has created a level of efficiency for not just the advisors in there but for the the leadership team as well because it's no longer this one-to-one conversation it's one to many. So one person, like I said before, when someone's got a question, chances are there's a handful of others who have that same question. It becomes a really rich source of intellectual property as well. Absolutely. I can like it just pile, it does, nothing gets lost. I think that's, you know, there can be great ideas, but it's, you know, it's not useful to anyone if no one can find it. Exactly. Or something pops up that goes, hey, that's cool. I don't need it right now but I will need that later on. And so everything's categorized. You've got resources. You can tag things and have topics. So it's easily accessible and you can come back to it whenever you need to. You don't have to go and try and find an email thread or try and find something in an intranet or 
anything that's clunky. It's yeah, it's, to, to to be able to see them streamline that process and efficiency has been really really cool. Yeah, and now Danny, now speaking of collaboration and grassroots and and bringing this information, um, tell us about what you're doing about it. So I think I'm probably attacking things from the other side. I've spent a lot of time in corporate and provider land, and look, I um I just know the great work that gets done for the advice community within those walls. Um, there's a lot of people that work really, really hard to try and bring great solutions to the table. And I think what I'm really excited about in, in what I get to do is I just get to be able to hone those discussions where they're going to be relevant. So it's again, that whole, you know, it's kind of a, fits really nicely with what I've been doing anyway. It's about sort of saying, look, we know we have these profiles of different advice business types you know, make sure that you really understand that audience's problem so that when you bring solutions to the table and there can be many different solutions, they're actually right for that audience. So you're not wasting their time. You're not trying to offer them something that they don't want. It's just about being really targeted because I think at every level, people have less time. We have less resources in terms of sort of money to do the same thing. So if you can get super targeted and really understand the audience, really understand their true problems that they're having in a safe space. So it's not sort of like survey data, you know, you get a small sample of the audience responding and, you know, is that, is that the audience you want? Well, no one really knows. So it's just around taking that effort that I know goes, goes on in provider land and making sure that it really connects with a particular audience. And then the problems are really cleanly understood because the problems change really quickly. So you know, sometimes a problem with, um, you know, we're able to source live data on on problems as they're happening today rather than saying, yep, here's the problems that were relevant six months ago. Well, the world changes in about a week. You know, <laughs> we've all seen that. We, we, we know that um, intimately. So, yeah, I think that's, that's what really excited me about being part of the XY crew is that I could sort of say, well, these are pain points and if we can help solve those pain points then absolutely we're contributing to the positive evolution of financial advice yeah fantastic so you're going to be the voice of the advisors towards the 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 yeah the, the, the corporate the collaborators, end, the, yeah, the, the collaborators, the, the, the product providers. Yeah, that's right. Those who are uh, able to, you know, uh, saying this make is what you know, this is what the advice audience is really struggling with, whether it be efficiency issues with, you know, whatever it is, there's, there's a myriad of um, different things, but this is also what they're doing really well. And this is what's got working well. And, you know, if this is, this is how you can best help. And who do you want to help? Because you can't help. Every business is very, very different. So the one kind of, I've come from the land of insurance, right? So there was one product for a long time, like we like oneness, but it doesn't really work. You know, in any market, it doesn't work well. So if we can get really you know, really clear on what type of the market you want to deal with. You can get clear on what problems that particular market has. Then all the effort and the incredible intelligence that comes out of, you know, um, corporate space can be used really in a really potent way. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, exactly. I guess from their point of view, when they're creating product, they're just making a lot of assumptions. It's the ability to bring the advisor the advisor's voice into those meetings, Absolutely, into those yeah. brainstorming sessions. It's pulling a chair, a proverbial chair, into those 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 table meetings and saying, here is voice mm. of customer, voice of advisor in an unfiltered, 
open, honest way of like, here are the problems. And that's being able to bridge that gap because when you can, when you can do that well, it's a win for advisors. It's a win for clients. It's a win for the collaborators, like the industry wins. And that is where the magic happens. Fantastic. Well, we might leave it there. That's exactly a great place to leave it, uh, where the magic happens. So if you, uh, you know, bear in mind that when you do uh, bring your issues or, or, or energy or ideas or anything towards the XY platform, it does, it can actually help shape uh, all things all the way through the system. So thank you, Brains Trust, for uh, sh- coming and having a chat today. It was really good to, uh, to be in the same room and to catch up and then to chat with you guys. So excited to be part of the crew. Thanks for letting me in. <laughs> Welcome, Danny. We yeah. are thrilled to have you on board. A couple of LinkedIn posts have said that already, but we are genuinely really, really excited. Yeah. And the enthusiasm and the energy that you've already brought has been amazing. So let's let's get stuck into Feels it. Feels like home. Thank you so much, Fraser, for having a chat with us too. Well, there you have it. The XY Brains Trust, uh, a special episode of the XY Advisor podcast. Uh, and now uh, Emily's back. Welcome back, Em. I am back again. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. You're, you're now such a regular. Uh, tell us, uh, so we're, we're going to do the shout outs part of the uh, the show, which we love doing. Uh, who are we going to shout out to? Yes. So let's give a shout out to Andrea Jenkins. She jumped on with me, actually. We caught up and had a conversation and she was very generous in sharing her top tip for changing licensees. So really topical at the moment. I know advisors are jumping in wanting to get information or what to look out for when switching licensees. And Andrea jumped on and gave us her top tip, uh, which really centered around being rigorous with your non-negotiables. So it was a great quick four-minute video. We posted it on the platform and I know it's helped plenty of people so far. So just wanted to give Andrea a big thank you for being generous with her time, sharing her value. I know it's helped lots of other people. 